and it get hot. I got a lot of I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, uh, blonde in the sun. Hi, welcome back to the Walters World podcast. I'm joined today by my guest Gabriel Charles, all the way from Singapore. Hi, Gabriel. Hey, Walt. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how fortunate we are to live in America and a lot of the things that we take for granted. And we're going to contrast and compare that with living in Singapore. So let's just start. What is it like living in Singapore? Like with all the, I know the government's like a lot more overbearing there than it is here. And uh, you've been here before. So can you like compare what it's like? Yeah, so to answer how it's how it's like, first of all, lonely. It's lonely. Um, if you're anyone who believes in things like life, liberty, and this and the pursuit of happiness, it does get lonely here because these values are very foreign. It's just not part of the culture. You know, I guess Americans they take it for granted that that's just the way of life. You know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. These are all things that you grow up just being a part of your life. And yeah, for us, that's not a part of it. I think the biggest difference between, well, the most generic difference between an Asian and Western culture is that Western culture is a bit more individualistic and Asian culture is a lot more collectivist. So these things are just not inbuilt into into the culture. So to answer that first part, it gets a bit lonely. And second part, as for the government being this way, um, it's pretty crazy. I'm sure many of you have heard the laws like, oh, no chewing gum. Uh, You can't be naked in your own house. Don't ask me how they implement that. (laughs) But it's a thing. It's a thing. And, you know, no protesting, no... Uh, know a lot of things, but don't get me wrong here. So Singapore is not communist in any way. It's not um, some socialist country. It definitely right, isn't. It's right. very capitalist. So Singapore is very special. You can't exactly slap a label on it because it's a mix of a lot of things. And I would say that they've picked everything that works and it works very well. And but they sort of forgot to add in uh, human rights. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the capitalist part—that's that's pretty good, right? But then you have things like it is, it is, like not being able to protest. And you know, right now in the U.S., we have a a lot of protests going on. So it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of people take that for granted. Um, as well as freedom of speech, and they just don't realize like how lucky we are to be able to like talk about the government and protest and have different yeah you guys are very lucky to be to even be able to talk about the government and slander the president or you know here um if you talk if you say anything that even suggests something bad about the prime minister most likely um he's gonna come after you and sue you for um under the guise of defamation so yeah, uh, freedom of speech in Singapore, the freedom of press, that's what they call it. 
uh, it ranks really low, and it's um, it's na- it's getting cozy alongside countries like Iraq, uh, Russia, and China. So you know, behind the guise of this first world country, really beautiful country, lots of economic success, etc. But you know, behind that, this is the that's the ugly part of it. So one thing that Americans definitely take for granted is that they have this right to actually protest and it might seem simple you know how is this a right to go out go out in the streets and be angry right well yeah in some places you're not even allowed to do that how do you guys do elections like just vote normally or how how does that work yeah our elections are <laughs> yeah they're pretty normal i guess uh difference is our elections are kind of pretty much it isn't rigged. It's a, it's a democracy. But you know, then again, uh, North Korea is a democracy as well. So it doesn't <laughs> really mean much to call a country a democracy. But the same party gets elected in every single year because we do have opposition parties. But the opposition parties just do not have enough power to, enough power influence to you know, just win an election, they're never going to be able to do that. Not anytime soon, because, you know, this party that is in power right now, they are the ones who founded Singapore. They built Singapore from a, you know, third world country to what it is today. Right. They could, they basically made the system. So (laughs) I guess they kind of made it so that they would always win no matter what. Always And it's kind of inevitable. Yeah, it's kind of inevitable because people, this is all the people have ever known. And Singapore is a young country. So maybe in a couple of decades, people will start to be unhappy with this government and realize that, okay, maybe we need, we need some change here. Now, you know, people, they, they still have a pretty good grip on the, you know, the minds of the, the common people, I guess. So um, I remember, I think I remember seeing something on your Instagram one time. And they actually had, like, camera surveillance right outside of your house. How does that work? Yeah, so they do have... Look, it's not as terrible as I make it out to be, but rather (laughs) it's the fact that they purpose aside. They have a bloody camera outside my house. Who owns this camera? Not me. It's not my camera. (laughs) That's the government's camera, and it's outside my house. Uh, It's supposed to be for, you know, uh, surveillance, you know, police surveillance in case anything happens you know but it's it's a darn camera outside my house they can see whenever i leave my home whenever i when i get home who i bring home not that i bring anyone home but (laughs) yeah yeah they do a lot of these things that would never fly in in the west basically um particularly america where people actually have you know people actually care about their freedoms. Yeah, I think that's really interesting about like the cultural divide because here, even on the left that favors a bigger government, they still have a, a basic concept for liberty, I guess. It's true. Over- I, I don't think they've ever known. Uh, they, I don't think they know what it's like, you know. They take it for granted, I guess. Right. And it's, it's, it's just interesting to see like over there, liberty isn't even like a concept. Like, like you said, it's, yeah, like, it's, not a concept. It's, it's like it's like America without human rights. <laughs> yeah, it's just an 
abstract concept. Like, what is this strange? It's like, it's like watching a, look, it's like, have you ever watched a movie with time travel? Like, on a Back to the Future. Right, And it's yeah. just this imaginary concept in this movie. That's, that's what liberty is for people here. <laughs> wow. That's crazy to me. I guess it's not as, as uh, far-fetched to you because you've just grown up into it. But that, like, that just blows my that just blows my mind that they don't even honestly it still blows my mind even even today so i totally get you so you've you've visited america right uh you know what Mm, it's for the prager force international retreat uh los angeles not the prettiest place to visit uh (laughs) but nonetheless nonetheless the moment i stepped out of the airplane i could smell freedom in the air and it was glorious (laughs) i bet so, so you obviously, I would assume that you like America more than Singapore in that aspect. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Um, so Singapore has a lot of things that it is way better than America, um, simply because it's a small country, it has an e- efficient small government. I mean, heck, if the government's gonna have that much power, uh, it jolly well at least do a decent job at it. Right. And it has done a decent job, but see, for me, I, I don't blame, I don't blame people for one to, who like Singapore for what it is because there are so many benefits. And if you value safety, um, Singapore is fantastic. But if you so happen to value liberty, you know, if you have this mindset of give me liberty or give me death, then Singapore is not. Uh, 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 that's not your place, man. <laughs> uh, which and that's me, and that's me. I would rather have liberty than have all these, you know, material comforts. Right. It's, it's the so concept of America would definitely be the place for me. I'm the... always saying that I would rather go to America and be a poor man than be a rich man here. Right. It's the concept of dangerous freedom over uh, safe. Yeah. Yeah. Safe control. Slavery. Yeah. <laughs> so what were some things that like you noticed in America and how do you feel like when people step on the flag or like burn it and they, they don't understand the responsibilities and like the privileges they have to live here? Well, first of all, they should be grateful that they are able to do that without getting bloody thrown in jail because if you did something like that, uh, that, they're not having it uh if the government doesn't throw you in jail the brainwashed citizens will come after you and just make your life hell so uh, i can imagine yeah so uh stepping on the flag and burning the singaporean flag yeah will will not fly yeah that's (laughs) that's not gonna fly that's not gonna fly so first of all they should be grateful that they have the right to and secondly look i mean you're the thing about Singapore, I talk about it a lot. The military, most it's mostly kind of uh, made up of people who are forced to serve it. Because, you know, right. it's pretty hard to get people to willingly step up and serve the country when, you know, it's not really exactly built on values and things like that. Everything is just pretty material. It's pretty hard to get that love for a country out of out of people who you know just i do believe that it takes it takes a true calling you know to yeah, do it's, something it's, like it's, uh, the army it's like or, it's so, organic you know, american soldiers 
they these people are willingly giving up their lives to right it's an organic love for the country. country yeah yeah and people are dying for it and there you are stamping on the flag i mean people have to look at these videos of soldiers who react to people stamping on the flag like oh my oh my goodness me <laughs> right so I believe on your Instagram before I've seen I've seen you talking about like a mandatory service in the military when you're 18 in Singapore. Yeah. So you're going to are you going to have to do that or can you get out of that or how does that work? Uh it's virtually impossible to get out technically. Uh I am I am working on ways <clears throat> to try to get out of it as much as possible. Um I mean I do have underlying medical conditions that may uh sort of make things easier for for this process but uh this the straight answer is technically no uh you are not able to get out of it and that is the pretty messed up part that even if you're almost useless to the singapore army they still want you they want to make sure you know that they own you and this wow. is just something that you have to do. And this is the extent of, you know, this is the power that the government has over you. Unless you don't have, literally don't have a leg or something like that. Even if you don't have a leg, they might make you do like office work. They just want two years of your life. That is crazy. So, I, I, can't even yeah. imag- I can't even imagine that in America. Even, even in like the 60s with the draft for Vietnam. I mean, people were burning draft cards and no one, no one wanted to be told by the government that they had to serve in the military. Like, I don't, I don't think anyone wants that. Not yeah, even, and you, not guys, even right. you guys had the right to. You guys had the right to do that and just refuse, you know. You even have this thing called the conscientious objection. And I'm sure even if you just didn't want to, I mean, it, it was kind. I guess it would be kind of hard for the government to just force you when... You literally can't force people to do things in America, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely a lot harder. But that that just blows my mind that, like, if I was living in Singapore, I'd have to serve two years in the military and so whatever. Yeah. Every, other, every other male. Uh, it's really yeah. funny, you know, because um, a lot of pe- people, because people here, they don't even know why they have to do it. And that's the problem. And so they come up with all these weird excuses as to why. And the top reason why is that, Oh, because it makes you a man and you can't become a man if you don't do the, do the national service. And I'm like, wait, so you're telling me all every other male in the world is not a man because they didn't have to do this? Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Come on. Look at The Rock. Look at Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Look at, like, I don't know, Chris Hemsworth. Are they not men because they did not do their military service? Come on. Like, <laughs> give me something better than that. Yeah. I, I also think that, that having to serve in the military for that country it's not like that's not like true patriotism or love for the country i think it is it is it's forced whereas here if you if you go in the military you truly uh you truly love the country and you want to fight for for what you believe in Mm -hmm. so let's talk about prager you and prager force um of which we are both a part so for those of you that didn't know gabriel and i and thousands of other students are a part of an organization within prager you which is a conservative organization that publishes five-minute videos. And we're a part of the student ambassador organization called Prager Force. And uh, Gabriel actually 
was fortunate enough to get invited to the international Prager Force retreat and got to go to Los Angeles and meet all the all the people that work for PragerU, Dennis Prager. So can you tell us a little bit about that? It was the best time of my life. It, firstly, the fact that I got to go to America. I was planning to go this year anyway. I'm grateful that that happened because with this corona thing, I don't even know if I'll still be able to go, hopefully. Um, hopefully, but, you know, um, I would not have thought about visiting Los Angeles because, you know, that's not a place that I would pay with my own money to go visit. <laughs> but, you know, now, now that I've made so many like friends there, I would like, that's actually the first place I'm going to once I get back there. So that's that. And yeah, it was just the friends, friends. Um, that was definitely the greatest part. I know, look, we got to meet Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is the man himself. He oh, saved yeah, for, my I brain. I forgot about going that. <laughs> crazy. Like literally here in Singapore with no concept of conservatism or freedom. And I was this kid who just had this, I don't know, God must have thought it would be real funny to put a kid in Singapore and make him believe in freedom. He must have thought that was real funny. But at least he made it fate that, you know, one day I would find Ben Shapiro as I was scrolling through YouTube in my bedroom all alone. I, I make it sound really dramatic and depressing, but that's actually how it was. You know, found Ben Shapiro, etc. And uh, wow, three years later, I'm face to face with him sitting in the Sunday special chairs. That must and that must have been that really was cool. Crazy, yeah, and to be part, just be part of such a great organization like PragerU, to feel like you're such a big part of it now, it makes you feel like you know you you were this tinfoil hat boy who people look at and they're like, who, <laughs> what the heck are you saying? Why do you like President Trump? He's bad, orange man bad, and to to. <clears throat> experience that and every corner you turn there's a conservative because break you you know and uh, to spend an entire week just with conservative friends that was an experience like no other heck i didn't i didn't even really have friends here so to have conservative friends in america it was yeah. it was a crazy experience that's 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 really cool that you got to do that that's how i met you actually i never thought like I never traveled out of the country or anything. And it's just cool to have friends like around the world, like you and Jesse and a few others. Um, and I, I just never thought I would have like friends in Singapore and stuff like that, but that's really neat. I'm sure you could tell the difference between America and Singapore as soon as you got here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that's, that's all we have time for today, but thank you, Gabriel, for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you all the way from Singapore. So thank you, Gabriel. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on. It was a pleasure being here, Walter. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, guys, see you next time on Walter's World. And ladies and gentlemen, the best is yet to come.